You're tuning in to Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM, your favorite Chicago urban alternative radio station. I'm your host, Biko the Illis, coming through your stereo and rocking out your morning. And some things you probably didn't know about me is I truly enjoyed beer. Not your Bud Light, not your Miller Light, even though High Life was one of my favorites too, but I enjoyed craft beer. Uh, and then I started getting a little gut, so the beer had to get cut, but there's someone that enjoy beer a lot more than I do. He's actually my cousin. He goes by the name of Drew Fox. Uh, from Chicago, and he's a historic public figure out in Indiana for his brewery known as 18th Street. I got a chance to catch up with him and talk about his love for beer, uh, arts and craft, as well as, you know, um, him making a huge impact in the community of Indiana. So we're going to tap into our conversation. How you doing, Drew? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. I know uh, you are busy, man, but I, I got to start things off by asking, Drew, uh, how did you find yourself being involved with loving beer? You know, at that time when I started brewing beer, um, which was in 2013, uh, there weren't that many, um, I mean, African-American breweries at all. Um, and uh, in our state of Indiana, um, I'm the first African-American brewery owner uh, in the state of Indiana's history. Um, just being able to share the love of beer with uh, people from all walks of life really intrigued me. You know, my background is food and hospitality. You know, I've done that for 20 plus years and uh, got tired of that uh, the day-to-day grind of really just working, you know, 15 to 20 hours a day. Um, things that I was not uh, passionate about uh, and really wanted to do something that would give me the opportunity to uh, do something different, but also get involved in the community um, that I was living in at the time, which was Gary, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, started the brewery in 2010 and opened the first brew pub in 2013 and, uh, been going strong every since. I remember, uh, when you first opened up the, the pub out in Gary, um, I actually performed there for the first year anniversary. Yep. That's right. I, re- I remember that. Um, and now you've, you know, not only do you have a pub out in Gary, but you also have the distillery, the brewery out in Hammond as well. Uh, amazing spot for those of you that may have not visited 18th Street Brewery out in Hammond or in general. I would recommend you check it out. Uh, the food there is good. And I do want to ask you about these $1 burgers that was taken off the menu. <laughs> Will they return? You know, we're always trying to be fun and creative with our food menu. Uh, and it was really a way for us to um, give back during the pandemic. Uh, you know, our communities, whether they've been in Gary or whether they've been Hammond um, and Indianapolis, you know, kind of rallied around us to help us get through the pandemic by coming in, buying food and buying beer. Um, so it was our way of giving back and saying thank you in so many ways because, you know, they didn't have to come in and support us. There were many other breweries in our neighborhood uh, that could have went and supported, um, but they showed to support us. Um, will it make a return? Uh, I'm not going to say yes or no, um, but I, I think we we built up some demand uh, when we were doing it. And it was a fun, uh, it was a fun way to give back, um, you know, and it was a tangible, meaningful way to uh, give back as well. And, and speaking of give back, um, you all are definitely um, deep within the community of Indiana. And uh, I remember when the pandemic first hit and sanitizer hand sanitizer became a problem a big problem 
um, and you you all stepped up and started creating hand sanitizers for the first responders. Like, what was the thinking on that um, when, when you all started to really distribute those hand sanitizers and get it out there? You know, there was really not much in distribution. And uh, my wife's my wife is an ER nurse and we have family that are nurses. Um, and, you know, we're close. We're down the street from a hospital, two major hospitals. Um, and we couldn't produce spirits at the time, knowing that, uh, you know, customers wouldn't be able to come in and buy spirits. And so really, um, you know, putting our heads together and saying, what can we do to service the need? Um, and so, you know, we had reached out to farmers, um, you know, the local um, manufacturer here, um, and they basically bring a lot of corn. We say, hey, who's willing to donate corn and we'll make hand sanitizer and give it away. And so we gave away 95% of the product. Uh, you know, some of it we sold to obviously keep the lights on and, you know, make sure that, you know, we're able to continue packaging, you know, cocktails to go and, and able to take care of the, the limited staff that we had at the time. So um, it was important for us to do what we could. And, um, you know, more importantly, um, it was important for us to be human and, and, and do our part as best we can uh, in, the, in the community. Um, and that was kind of our way of giving back. I mean, not just you, but the 18th Street, you all definitely held up your end and helped out a lot of first responders during that time because, whoo, it was tough. It was really great. It was, yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, you, we had, you know, Chicago PD state police between Hammond East Chicago. I think it was more than just a regional thing, but it was just, you know, cities from all over the metropolitan uh, Chicago land area um, that we were able to help. And again, it's important to try to do the right thing and be human. And we were all in the same position. Um, you know, not many people were working um, and we saw just a major need of um, and trying to understand where the, the supply chain breakdown was. And so we just jumped in and again, did what we could. Now, 18th Street, the name in general, if I'm not mistaken, is a name out in Chicago. It is. Uh, I lived in Pilsen for quite a bit, almost two and a half years. Uh, and my goal was to open a bar um in Pilsen and that didn't pan out just due to different liquor laws and um you know trying to convince people to understand what I was trying to do at the time and um I have an infinite love for that neighborhood um amazing food amazing culture um and to see it striving um, the way it has um and, and looking at how the community just loves their neighbors and you know it's a very special place to me um, you know, just like Chicago is a very special place. I grew up on the west side of Chicago in Humboldt Park, um, and I lived in Gary for a decade. So, you know, all these you know Midwestern states um, and neighborhoods uh, are near and dear to me. But you know, Pilsen is is a very very special place, and that community definitely should be proud of uh, you know what they continue to achieve and and thrive and uh, and push and demand for in their neighborhood. With you mentioning how 18th Street and just Pilsen in general is a special area, could we possibly see an 18th Street brewery in the neighborhood <laughs> or in Chicago soon? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I get that question a lot. I think I've gotten that question, you know, probably for the last decade. 
and you know, I've been running this company. Um, you know, I love Chicago. Um, and um, again, that's my home. You know, I, I live in Hyde Park, so it's it's um, it's always on the forefront of my mind. Um, but we have such an amazing operation, um, and we do a lot of great things right here in, in Indiana, right on the border. Um, I'm never going to say never going to say no, uh, because that would be foolish to say never say never. <laughs> um, you know, if the right opportunity presents itself, um, and if the timing is right. And, you know, all of our projects we have on our plate now are done. And if it makes perfect sense, um, you know, uh, then we'll do it. Uh, but I don't anticipate um, that happening anytime soon. Well, Team Vocalo, I tried. I tried to throw it in there. Look, <laughs> hopefully things work out. And, um, you know, uh, well, you, you all do have a location out in the city as well. But I, I do, you know, speaking for myself, visiting 18th Street, I was actually there. I want to say maybe a week and a half ago. I always enjoy my time there. The environment, it's a it's a comfortable environment to see the community you all have built up, and you right by like the police station. I'm pretty sure uh, police come by get a brew. Shouldn't be drinking and driving, but I'm pretty sure they come through as well. But the the community there, it, it's amazing. And um, I like. Did you ever think that? that that specific location the Hammond would be uh one of I, I want to consider it like the, a perfect spot because you got the patio I also saw the sour the sour note uh distillery yep. like a little bit down the street all in the same area so like how did you specifically find this location and did you uh feel like that would be a superior location for you all as well you know and um you know, 2014, um, on 2013, um, when we opened the brew pub in 2014, we just kind of took off. Um, I think that was kind of the peak of the craft beer scene. Um, and we grew extremely fast. I think, um, you know, probably too fast at some point. Um, but we, you know, we didn't own that real estate at the time. And, um, you know, our landlord at the time, you know, uh, really wanted to monetize our rent. Um, I think our rent was being raised about hundred percent at that time. Um, and so we said it made perfect sense for us to look elsewhere um, within the community. I mean, we looked deeply in Gary. We looked to see if we could find anything there. So we could stay, keep our production in Gary. Um, there was nothing there. We looked at Dyer, East Chicago. Um, and we had a few friends who lived in Hammond and the mayor's chief of staff at the time was a big uh, customer of ours that came to Gary um, and knew where we were looking um, and said, hey, we should definitely look at Hammond. Uh, when we first looked at the building, um, it was in terrible shape. Um, you know, the first floor was floor to ceiling with furniture, garbage, didn't have heat, didn't have running water. Um, it had one electrical like light that was working. Um, and I thought to myself, this is going to be a disaster if we try to purchase this building, <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, it's a building that's 37,000 square feet. Um, and I knew that it would give us the opportunity to grow and expand in the building, you know, over the life of the company, if we needed to expand, um, you know, here we are, um, you know, six years later, um, and the building is fully occupied. The building is, it's full to the brim between the brewery and the distillery. Um, you know, more importantly, 
it was close to Chicago. It was 22 miles away from Chicago. We're less than a half a mile from Cal City. Uh, Munster, Indiana is, you know, back to the south of us. So we were positioned really well um, within, you know, the region and the Chicagoland area. Um, and, you know, we didn't really realize that until after our first year. And we saw, you know, the same folks that visited us were going to Gary, were coming to close to a Hammond. So we really got lucky with this building. Um, I don't think we really thought about it, um, to be honest. I, I think it was just the right place at the right time, and we just got lucky. You recently said to that you are the first African-American uh, brewer to be in Indiana. Yeah, the first African-American brewery owner um, in the state's history. I'm also the first African-American distillery owner uh, in the state of Indiana. Um, and that's something that we never talk about, you know, but doing the whole, you know, the movement of, you know, social injustice. And, you know, we saw the African-American community and really, you know, put up arms and say, hey, we need to support our brothers and sisters um, who are in small businesses. And we saw that movement. Um, and it really gave us the opportunity to talk about what we do as, you know, uh, as an African-American you know, owner uh, and, and shed some highlight on American-owned breweries and owners in, our, in the country. I mean, there's, there's 1%, you know, an entire, you know, 5,000 breweries in the country that are owned by African-American men or women, that's 1%. Uh, and that's a small percentage. Very small. And on the distillery side, it's the same thing. It's about, you know, three to 4%. So, you know, it's important for people to know that. And they should know that history, uh, especially in the state of Indiana, where predominantly, uh, you know, it, it's run, uh, the brewing industry is predominantly, you know, male, white, um, and, and it's been that way for a long time. So, uh, it, it, you know, we have a responsibility to talk about it, share our story uh, with everyone else. Uh, but more importantly, you know, I like to see more, you know, African-American men and women, uh, Latinos, uh, Asians, you know, Mexicans to be more involved in this industry. And we're seeing it, but not on a bigger scale um, that we see, you know, the Caucasian uh, demographic uh, in the industry. So, you know, you know, part of my goal um, the next couple of years to really open our doors and um, offer internships, but, you know, growth leadership for individuals who want to come and learn about the, the brewing industry and the distilling industry. Because if we don't open those doors now, we're never going to see a, a higher ratio of, of uh, people of color wanting to be in this industry. Um, and it's, it's a tough business. It's not an easy business. Um, but, but I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a part of my role to make sure we, I do my part to educate folks. You know, you said it, it's a tough industry. Like, what are some of those trials and tribulations that you've overcome? I, I think, as I said, you know, we grew the business way too fast. Um, and so when you grow the business, you know, you, you hope everything follows. You know, um, you know, we didn't really grow our, our marketing team. We didn't really grow our HR department. Uh, we didn't really grow... Um, a lot of things that would help a small business grow. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, hindsight in 2020, um, you know, you look back on those things, you know, we made a lot of mistakes um, and, you know, those mistakes help, you know, those mistakes are learning, uh, learning tools. So uh, now we're kind of playing catch up with all those things. Um, you know, the growth is, it's, it's there, but now we got to, 
play catch up on, you know, the other side of the business um, and making sure we have those things in place in, in order for us to uh, make sure we can manage the business well. I also see you all support like arts and craft yeah. and, and music. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, you all put a lot of events together at 18th Street Brewery. Um, you also do like a, a, a draw and um, I forgot what it's yeah, called. Yeah, we- yeah, drink and draw. There we go, drink and draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I I also saw you all link up with an an uh, artist that I recently interviewed her. Her name is um, Liz Flores. Um, Liz Flores is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I saw you all linked up with her, and and she did a couple of designs. And like, how was yeah. that for you? You know, to continue to build with the artist side of of, of the spectrum with having the music events. Um, and being able to bring the, the the drink and draw. Yeah, we haven't done drink and draw for a year. Just, you know, obviously we, again, we got busy and that kind of fell by the wayside. It's something that we're thinking about introducing in 2020. Um, but on the artist side, we, we've always had a big art scene following, um, you know, from the small bit artists to the big artists, you know, to, you know, Juan Kim, who's a very talented chef in Chicago, uh, goes by Revise. Um, it's done a lot of, you know, you know, murals for us at Gary, um, you know, during the pandemic, I, you know, like everyone else, I was watching the news and, um, and, you know, looking at how artists at the time, they couldn't go apply for PP money, um, you know, because they're freelance, you know, they couldn't go get unemployment because they're freelance artists. Um, and so I said, you know, we have some resources that let's reach out to local artists, whether they be in Chicago, New York, wherever, and say, hey, you know, let us, we'll pay for the art, we'll pay you for it, um, and we'll use, you know, our marketing platform to help you shine as an artist, and vice versa. I mean, obviously, we sell spirits, you know, off of that as well, but we felt that was important, another way for us to get back by helping the artists who, again, they were just as much affected as, um, you know, any restaurant, any bar owner um, with no help. Um, they didn't really recently get it. They just recently started getting help from mm-hmm. states and the federal government, you know, earlier in this year in lighter party last year. So we said, let's do whatever we can. Um, you know, there's some amazing talented artists out there who either left the field to go work a nine to five job because they weren't either making money by being an artist um, and we don't want to see that go away. I think artists are a huge part of the communities that they're in. They're a huge part of the ecosystem of, of Chicago um, or New York or Boston. Um, and so, again, we would just really want to see how we can help and do our part. Um, and we just started reaching out to artists and say, here's what we're trying to do. We want to help. We want to pay for the art, be able to help you pay rent or put food on the table for you. And so we started uh, an artisan series um, with the distillery and, uh, you know, it was three artists then and we probably have about another 75 artists on the books that we can work with. We're only slated to do this series for a year, but honestly, I think it's going to go on beyond a year because we have so many artists in the queue that um, we want to work with. And obviously Liz Flores um, was one that uh, we were super excited about. We're all super excited about all of them. Because um, these are local folks that we really want to do our part in helping anywhere we could. I just say keep it up because that within itself is building community. 
Um, yeah. and, and that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, how can people actually reach out to, to you, uh, 18th street brewery, or just stay in touch with what's going on at the brewery when it comes to events or come and get some good food, new beer <laughs> releases. Cause you yep. all have, a a huge inventory of brews. So can you let people know how they can stay in tune? Sure. Um, uh, you know, you can follow us on Instagram, 18th street brewery or 18th street brew, um, or visit our West, our website. 18streetbrewery.com or 18streetdistillery.com. Um, you know, support your local retailer, whether that be Benny's, you know, uh, Mariano's, Jewel. Uh, we're in most of those locations. Or support the small and pop locations. Um, and, you know, uh, come visit us. I mean, we also have a Gary location, which is in Gary. And we have our newest location, which is in Indianapolis, which is on the east side of town, um, not too far from uh, downtown Indianapolis. Wow, congrats on that too. Uh I remember the last White Sox game I went to, I cracked open a can of sex and candy. Yeah. Uh is it is 18th Street still available at the the white at um guaranteed rate field? We are still available at um Kamiski Park or US Cellular yeah. Field, some people <laughs> yeah. say. I know, right? <laughs> um, um, so you can find us, I believe we're in the craft cave. Um, and sex and candy is one of the core beers that we do have available there. Lastly, what's your favorite beer for the audience? Uh, to oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I, I, got, I had to. If somebody <laughs> might want to buy you a beer one day, it might be me. You never know. <clears throat> you know, and and, and truthfully, uh, you know, I drink very little beer now. Um, you know, I'm trying to get myself back in shape, so I drink a lot more wine and spirits. But normally when I'm in the pub, I usually drink anything that's light, like uh, our best patio pills. Um, like now we have our Oktoberfest on or I'll drink that, but normally I'll drink uh, best patio pills. Um, it's light, it's refreshing, it's low ABV. Um, and it, it, you know, generally I can have one or two and, and still, uh, you know, feel like I can get things accomplished, uh, you know, when I go home after work. I hear that. Look, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm, I'm getting my belly down as well. I drink drink a little bit too many too many brews, Drew. I'm <laughs> but, with uh, you, man. I'm with you. So patio peels, got you. That's something patio I could. Got it. Uh, I appreciate you taking out time uh, from your busy schedule. And yeah, again, thank you, Drew. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate it. That was my conversation with Drew Fox, owner founder of 18th Street Brewery located in Indiana. They have a pub in Gary. There's also brewery out in uh, Hammond, Indiana. Of course, you can give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, all of those things at OfficialBeko. That's OfficialB as in boy, E-K-O-E. I'll be uploading, posting a few clips from our interview as well. And you can head over to YouTube and search Drew Fox on Vocalo. Vocalo.